right, Alejandro, welcome to the Blockcast Podcast, episode 236. Uh, super happy to have you here today. How are you doing? Good. Thank you very much, Brandon. Pleasure to be here and uh, thanks for the, for the invitation. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot I want to talk about with DeFactor. Uh, I'm very curious about what you guys are doing before we do. Tell me more about yourself. I'm sure the audience is very curious. Um, what's your background? What's your story? How did you get into the space? And how did you get to where you are now working on DeFactor? Perfect. So uh, first of all, I'm Colombian guy. And in Colombia in 2007, Ooh. my background is <laughs> some time now. Um, and my background uh, is engineering. So I'm um, industrial and production engineer and, and, and from there I was always uh, interested in everything that has to be operations and supply chain management. So I did a uh, long stint in, in supply chain management and uh, I decided that uh, that was kind of the career that I want to pursue at that point and went to Australia actually and did my master's in there and ended up living there for around 11 years. Uh, so it took a bit longer for me to to come back to Colombia. So fine, it never happened. <laughs> but uh, when I was in Australia, I did a um, lot of uh, lot of time in the in the consultancy space. Everything has to be with the supply chain area. And uh, at that point, actually, is when it was probably in 2014, 15, when some of the first applications of blockchain. Uh, starting to hit the, the the traceability and provenance uh, point of view, and I started getting really excited, really interesting because every, every single time since I started my career in the supply chain space, I realized that the biggest hurdle that uh, all the supply chain practices have is visibility and traceability. Uh, a lot of uh, big companies have no idea realistically how. Uh, their own supply chains are performing and where every single one of the like stocks or, or even uh, um, assets, meaning uh, trucks or any other asset is is at every single point in time. And when you're starting having all these applications between IOTs and, and blockchain, uh, you see like, look, that, that's a solution for a lot of these problems, right? Mm -hmm. So from there, um, I moved into Dublin. Um, that was in five years ago. And when I was in Dublin, I started just getting more and more serious into the blockchain space. And I decided that I want to just work on, on blockchain. Right. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, uh, with Ernesto, he's uh, one of the co-founders of the Factor as well, we have an idea of um, digitizing the supply chain space and digitizing the 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 logistics space and uh, from there we started seeing that uh, yeah digitization of of logistics and, and supply chain is really important but we realized as well that there is a more critical point uh, and that's when you're starting talking about liquidity for supply chain so everything has to do with the supply chain finance and we started just steering more into that space and then COVID hit and nobody wanted to know anything in regards to digitization of processes. Everybody was extremely concerned about liquidity. And that's how we just completely pivot uh, our other business that is called uh, Console Freight. And we moved uh, fully into the financial space, uh, in especially uh, everything has to do with uh, 
uh, trade finance and inventory finance, right? Because kind of the two main components that are extremely linked into the supply chain and we could offer financial services using all our experience and background into those areas that is that is extremely important right and the story has been interesting because we have this proof of concept and we're trying to just um, pitch these to a lot of tra traditional entities and even though some of them, they, they say, yeah, uh, I like it. I think it's a good twist on, on what uh, trade finance should be. They and never uh, anything really materialized, right? And we worked uh, in an event in, in Vienna. And we met the guys from MakerDAO. The guys from MakerDAO just mm -hmm. said, like, look, what you're doing is really interesting. Uh, would you like to do a pilot? At that point, is Maker DAO was, was still is kind of the, the, the largest DAO uh, around, and, and at that point was kind of the, the the main DeFi protocol out there. So, so yeah, let's go for it. That's an, a, a, an absolutely unique uh, opportunity for us to demonstrate what we want to do. And from that point, actually, we became solid believers in the DeFi space and all the opportunities that uh, the DeFi space can bring to small businesses but also for the clients of those small businesses, right? Nice. Yeah, I, I remember MakerDAO too. They were really one of the first uh, helping fund projects and stuff back back in the day. It's definitely more saturated now. Um, tell me more about DeFactor and what you guys are doing with uh, with DeFi. What, what yeah. kind of separates you guys? What makes you guys different? Yeah, so I, I think as I mentioned, out of that journey, right, of after studying uh, providing financial services, uh, using a liquidity coming from the DeFi space, we realize that there is a huge opportunity there, right? Mm -hmm. The problem that you have is DeFi is a really mature uh, space, and there is a lot of the ancillary services that are not built yet. So, for example, everything that has to be with UI, UX is, is not there, it's not up to standard. Um, on ramp, on ramp of fiat is still difficult. Uh, not everybody has a chance to use having MetaMask uh, wallets or any other wallet and just transact normally because still, uh, personally, even though I've been doing this for, for many years, every single time that I sent a transaction, I'm still like uh, triple checking and, and sort of need, right, for, for that uh, certainty. Uh, on top of that, uh, there is as well a need forward uh, reporting that I don't think DeFi has that uh, fully set up yet, right? So what we're seeing is like, look, opportunities there, but we want to start bringing more companies, right? To use that liquidity that is over there in the DeFi space associated to real world assets, right? We need to do something because they will come, they will test, they will like it, and they will say, this is fantastic, call me when it's ready because right now it's not a, it's not a ready product for them. I got these financial institutions or financial companies, they have extremely complex processes behind. And for them, the way that it's structuring the device space will work, right? So we say, look, if you want to scale this opportunity, we need to just build a layer, like that tech layer that's going to allow more, more accelerators, right? In the real space, in the real world space to tap into that liquidity and help them just experience a, a process that is seamless and is no difference to when they when, when they are using a traditional financial uh, institutions, right? 
of family offices or investors. And that's kind of the, the thinking be behind the factor, right? Mm -hmm. The difference, what we are doing compared to some other uh, protocols out there that are trying to just help uh, the use or kind of uh, make easy experience of using DeFi is that we're uh, focusing on the real world space. Mm -hmm. What we want to bring is companies that are aggregating a lot of uh, assets, real world assets, right? And help them using the liquidity that is on the other side in the DeFi space. And on the other side of the equation, helping investors, right? To have the chance that when they believe in projects, they can pull their funds, right? Allowing that democratization of, of investment that I think is one of the most critical components in the DeFi space, uh, but also providing all the visibility that at the moment I don't think is, is there. Yeah. what are the assets and, and all the information that for them to just take a decision and uh, back up projects uh, right yeah you mentioned the woes of traditional finance and you also talk about um, still even in the DeFi space the issues with on-ramps and how they aren't is um, effective or efficient for people to use and you have to sign up with MetaMask and all these other things go through all these hoops and hurdles how are you guys making it easier and more seamless for people uh, to get into DeFi, uh, but also working with these um, companies, traditional finance and stuff to provide them this. Yeah, look, for, for our perspective is if they're not interested in, into that component, they don't even need to know where the funds are coming from in a way, right? And all that experience can happen in, at the background. And what they see is they have the funds that are available in fiat uh, for them to just uh, send money to their customers. And when they are repaying, it's going to be exactly the same, right? So for us, it's going to be building a lot of partnerships with uh, companies that are uh, in their own ramp of ramp uh, space, uh, accounting, because there's going to be a lot of uh, moving parts in there that these financial institutions need to be aware of that and they, they need to control. Uh, as you said, like you have fees involved, everything that they're doing transactions and so on. And, and when you're starting talking about volumes, those small fees starting just uh, creeping up quite quite fast right uh, and also everything has to be with the experience when they are transacting with the platforms right at the moment i don't think the DeFi space have have that sorted out yet especially for for the more established companies and that's one of the focus that, that we want to put right the, the customer experience needs to be up to standard for these guys just to come and transact uh, with us gotcha when you talk about uh, working with different businesses in DeFi, and you talk about real-world assets. What type of real-world assets are you referring to? Are you th referring to things like minerals and gold and precious metals, or are you talking yeah. about lands or items? Yeah, so the idea is, is, is at some point everything. At the moment, what we're doing, we're talking about receivables. That's mm -hmm. a real-world asset that uh, is pretty standardized, uh, that um, traditional investors know pretty well and where there is a huge need for liquidity. So an example of this is, let's say, trade finance. Trade finance has a huge gap at the moment. And uh, now with the world and uh, economical conditions, uh, most of the traditional institutions are pulling out of it. And the reason behind is not because it's insecure and all, it's because they realistically don't have uh, the capacity to assess the risk properly, right? Um, then you have another, like a, kind of a small SMEs company, uh, companies trying to, to block that gap that the big institution are leaving. But that gap is, we're talking here 
pre-COVID, that was around $1.5 uh, trillion. And the estimations now looks more like $5 trillion, right? And, and you have something complex here, that, that trade finance or that liquidity is kind of the fuel of, um, the fuel of, of international trade and international commerce. So it's really needed and, and we need to just find solutions for it. And I think DeFi, DeFi is, is perfect, right? Then you have that those regional assets, but you have other illiquid assets that are out there, like for example, whiskey. Whiskey cask are, are completely illiquid assets at the moment because if you go to a bank, the bank is never going to lend money against those assets. But but those assets are extremely valuable at the moment. Mm -hmm. Especially for example, Irish whiskey has grown around 300% year year. Uh, for the last five years or something like that. So the, the, the demand is huge and the price is, is, is growing dramatically, right? Which means that you have extremely secure assets that people can be lending money against to, right? The fact is how you use technology to assess risk, right? And tap into that DeFi liquidity because um, there will be a lot of people interested, right? In, in, in backing up this type of, of, of projects. And that's kind of what we were what, what we're trying to do. We at the moment we're uh, running uh, our uh, initiative is called uh, Springpad, and one of the companies that we selected is an Irish uh, distillery that they have X amount of uh, cask whiskey cask sitting in a warehouse, and what they do is selling the younger product in order to just keep uh, putting uh, capital to work. Right. So what we say, look, let's let's test this because. It might be that at some point we're going to be able to just help you with liquidity more regularly. So in that case, you don't have to just sell that really valuable uh, commodity you have there. And uh, you can, in the future, right, expand your volume, expand your operations, and, and have a more uh, a liquid um, a operation per se, right? So that's that's kind of the idea behind this. And so like I, from there, you can have uh, real estate, you, you can have so many assets that are out there that are, are just ready for disruption mm -hmm. completely, right? Yeah, like the whiskey, do you have more examples of um, partnerships or collaborations or people you're working with to do this for? Yeah, definitely, look, uh, and, and they are, they are um, on the traditional side, yeah, we have, to, well, I say we have uh, partner with Consulfrate, those guys were the first uh, uh, asset originator, they do traditional financing. Uh, there are some other companies that we're working on uh, in Springpad. There is a Chilean company, really interesting business case. These guys, uh, they are, because in, in South America, uh, there is a need for invoicing and every single invoice actually is linked straight away to the government database, meaning that you can tap into that database to understand realistically how companies are, are doing, if they are transacting or not, and, and have a, a, an, an indication of not just the invoices that they are actually pushing out, but the ones that they are receiving. So these guys, what they do, they use all that technology and they're mitigating risk, uh, putting models that are going to help uh, help them to just understand if companies are worth it or not to put loans, right? So they are one of the companies that we're working with at the moment in Springpad. And the idea would be just at some point to get these guys into a bigger pool when they can have access to liquidity in the millions, right? That's that's kind of the vision for it. This spring part is just like a kind of dipping your toes, understand if it works, and if it works, just move forward, right? So yeah, look, we have 50 applicants last uh, on the previous cohort. 
uh, and we have all different uh, business model, business cases that was pretty interesting. Uh, we want to just uh, start exploring as well the cannabis space uh, because we believe that there is a huge gap in the cannabis space and uh, there is a sector that is growing dramatically as well. So see well, I say we're completely open for suggestions on this right like because we want to explore all, all alternative solutions and um, I think DeFi is perfect for that for that type of, of, of applications right yeah let me ask you an interesting question of all the real world assets that you can think of that um, people don't usually tap into uh, whether it's be whiskey or be like certain other types of items or resources what do you think has the most value that people don't really think about as an asset? Mm. That's a good question, man. That's a good question, huh? I've thought about it a lot too. <laughs> no, well, you know one actually, uh, real estate. Real estate is a good one. A lot of people don't don't mm. see real estate as as, as that opportunity, but uh, it, that's that's huge. For what I'm seeing, the DeFi space the scale will come actually from the association or that link between real world asset sorry from the from the real asset that, that is the that is the, the a property right or the futures of that property and and, and and you put all that in the DeFi space I, I think that's the point when DeFi space is going to be in the in the billions to to trillions of dollars plus right like a I think that's that's the point when when the technology is there for us to be able to just bring comfortably uh, these type of transactions uh, like from from I say from real estate that's when the whole space is going to just boom dramatically I, I don't think we're there yet but but we will soon what about non real world assets have you guys thought about doing anything digitally with um yeah. every, anything from metaverse and vr and gaming to files and um uh video audio and yeah. i don't know the list could be endless yeah definitely so we are uh, working on, on that as well like uh, we have to well I, I think from our point of view and what is ready to disrupt straight away is, is the real world space but at the same time we know that there are a lot of applications of digital assets that are just completely linked to the real world space like as you say music and, and videos so we're actually working with small companies at the moment trying to explore how they can use those assets right and bring them for liquidity into the five space there is a there is a, a project that is really interesting it's called token trucks and the guys from token trucks what are trying to do is actually uh, or they're exploring a better system on how uh, artists are monetizing their, their own assets, right? And one of the things that you see is that the artists, in order for them to get paid from, from distributors, it can take up to 60 days, right? Mm -hmm. So what if the, they take those assets and they, we provide liquidity to them from the DeFi space, and instead of them waiting 60 days, they can take the money to day zero. So there are some some possibilities like that, that uh, that that can be can be important to to explore. One of the things that I'm I'm saying right and and probably is a bit of daydreaming now, but mm -hmm. I, I always say about this 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 sketch right where where a, a person that is providing services in the metaverse right 
let's say in five years time and they are i don't know riding a taxi in the metaverse or any other type of service that we would see that we don't even know right and then go into the bank right and they say and they sit across the table with uh, with these pairs and say okay what do you do for a living i provide services in the metaverse and i need a loan and the person in the bank would be can you repeat that the person in the bank mm-hmm. wouldn't even have any idea right but for us it's something that we know that we can help provide liquidity right because we understand how these alternative economies are working and how these digital economies are working so definitely exploring all that uh all, all the opportunities in there and there is so much that you can do right now with nfts right that that um the tokenization of, of assets is, is just is, is just endless there is, there is a lot that you can do yeah can you imagine someone walking into the bank saying that they need a loan or a credit line because they have a consulting business in the metaverse in the virtual world and they sell yeah. nfts and they do yeah. virtual architecture they think they're crazy <laughs> but yeah, in, but in our, that, yeah. exactly in our world that's normal we get it yeah. we, we understand the value behind that where things are going that, that is a massive gap between this movement and, and tech and innovation and traditional finance being so far behind it doesn't it's having a hard time getting involved indeed indeed look at and it will take a lot of time for them to understand it right like uh, mm-hmm. it, it will take time but i see like at that um for me what is extremely powerful right is is that combination between real world and and digital and call it physical and they call it digital right and, and i think that is extremely powerful right that combination that that intersection between those things are are extremely powerful and that's something that nfts are providing NFTs are, are, are giving us a chance, right? Just mm-hmm. linking both worlds. And we believe that that's an extremely powerful tool. Everything that is happening right now with uh, with, with uh, digital art is extremely interesting because it's, it's giving a lot of boost and people are starting looking at the space. But I think NFTs is way more than that. And I think uh, people are still not, not, not understanding how powerful uh, as, as a solution nfts are right exactly um yeah nfts are that's just a crazy world that's a whole different topic we can go into that all day long uh, it's it's ridiculous what's what's happening with nfts right now but also kind of cool because it's really driving interest into the space so and on the other side i'm very happy um tell me about your guys's token uh factor how does that factor into your guys's ecosystem yeah, no, Factor Token is, is our uh, a native ecosystem, uh, sorry, native uh, token for, 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 the, for the ecosystem. Basically, Factor is, is a utility token, uh, and the idea is there are kind of few components that, that this token does. One is um, providing access to our platform. So if you want to get funding using our platform, you will need to just um, hold some of the tokens, stake tokens, right? Um, just uh, exactly the same as it happens when you are in any other platform. That's, that's it. The other one is um, for the community. So everything has to be voting and, um, and, and helping, guiding the, the, <clears throat> the shape of the, of the project. So same story, we need everything. It has to be with, with the government governance mm-hmm. point of view. And also staking and, and uh, rewards coming uh, as actions, right, from the ecosystem 
members that are, uh, are, are doing a good deeds for the for the community. That's kind of a see. So, for example, you are an asset originator that is bringing a lot of the successful transactions and uh, is doing extremely well. So that's going to be rewarded uh, by the by the ecosystem as well, right? Because the idea is for everybody that is part of member only that is doing things in the right way for the ecosystem is going to be rewarded, right? Like an opposite, if you are not performing as you should, so uh, there is some impact, right, on your holdings. That's the kind of a standard uh, practice in a way, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea for us, like a, a, the, the, the way that the token it works is um, it, it's on a buyback model, right? And meaning that the more um, uh, the more fees that we're collecting from the users of the platform, we use that revenue uh, to go to the market and buy tokens, right? And that will help is just pushing some pressure and, and, and trying to pump the price up. Uh, meaning that the more volume that we're bringing into the into the, 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 the platform, well, the better it's going to be for absolutely everybody that is involved. Cool, cool. Um, what, what does it look like? Some of the rewards, incentives, um, staking, uh, what, what can they do with it? Being part of the ecosystem yeah you can stake at the moment we we have presence in ethereum we have presence as well in bnb mm -hmm. so we have staking programs in, in both uh, they are open right now people can just take their tokens and, and do staking and um, there's um there is a good pair over there that is bnb2 factor that was doing was giving a, a, a fantastic reward i haven't checked it actually in the in the last in the last week but I think it was 100 and something at some point was 600. So oh, <laughs> I think people still have the chance to just get a, a good reward from it. And then we have our own uh, staking, like uh, you can go to our web page and uh, you can see uh, their demo portal and how to stake and yeah, it's, it's simple, right? Um, from, from my perspective, um, there's a lot of hard work at the moment from the team. And the idea would be just, uh, this year to kind of continue the momentum that we have from, from last year's launch and solidify the name, right? That will be coming from partnerships, uh, initiatives that are putting and keep onboarding asset originators to just improve, improve the, and increase the volume that we're pushing through, right? Cool. Where can people follow you or find you and DeFactor online and, and on social media? Yeah, so webpage, www.defactor.com. Social media, we're extremely present in Twitter. So you can find us in Twitter, you can find us in LinkedIn as well. Our Discord group and Telegram, there you will find the community there. And all that information is actually on the webpage. So I think webpage is a good starting point. You can learn more about the project, what we're doing, what we're trying to do. And uh, if you want to contact us, emails, info at uh, defactor.com, uh, we would be more than happy to just um, respond any any questions that, that is from, from either community members or, or, or new, new people that want to be a member of that community. Perfect. Guys, go check out Alejandro and DeFactor. Give them a like and a follow also. Uh, like the video below and follow as well the podcast, guys. Um, this is Alejandro. This is DeFactor. Alejandro, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Really appreciate you, it. 
Um, learned a lot more about what you guys are doing from with DeFi from the, from the business side and from tokenization and um, unlocking all this value and real world value, real world assets. I think it's going to be a yeah. massive use case. Um, it's insane when you think about how much value is locked in, in land and in real estate and uh, resources and real world stuff uh, that we can't easily, you know, pull value out of. So really appreciate you expanding on that. No worries. Thank you very much, Brandon and, and uh, Luca. I think finalize if there is some of the audience that have a crazy idea that they, they want to test something from the alternative point of view, spring pad number two is open now, apply for it. And that's it. <laughs> I, I got crazy ideas. I'll give you plenty. Yeah, fantastic, man. I would love to hear <laughs> you. <right? laughs> awesome, man. All right. We'll chat soon. Um, take care and see you next time. Thank you very much. Brandon. Thank you very much.